0: Welcome again, Mob Squad, to the podcasting equivalent of mayonnaise on a jelly donut. We are the multiverse of badness. I am your host, Mike, and guess who is my co-host? It is the hellion of a Whalion. It is the near-brit that doesn't give a shit. He is the superman to my lowest lane. We have the amazing, the incredible, the bassist for
1: the genre-bending pale bastard band. How are you doing today, Zach. I'm good, and I really appreciate that shout-out for the band as well. If you're into heavy metal, check out Pale Bastard. It's bias of me to say, but we're fucking awesome. Zach wrote our theme song, so if you're into that kind
0: of thing, hopefully you'll be into Pale Bastard. I think that they go a little further than the multiverse of badness. But give it a shot. Why not? We'll we'll link up to your band out there on our social medias. But until then, we have a banger of a comic this is actually one I quite enjoy, not to spoil the punchline. But this is <laughs> Superman number two forty nine from March of 1972, and
1: it is involving Terra Man. Have you heard of Terra Man before this, Zach? I had not heard of Terra Man before this. And I think it's fair to point out to the mob squad that is uh Tango Echo Romeo Romeo Alpha yes. Man as in <laughs> Earth, not like. Terror Man, the scariest Superman villain of all time.
0: (laughs) Though they do say right on the cover, they want you to know that he is the latest and greatest foe of Superman. Which, after you read this magazine, you're probably not going to agree with, but... I just wanted to give a shout out to the Swan Anderson team that I consider the better art duos of Superman. And I think that with stories like this, Superman in and of himself probably wasn't bringing people in. But this artwork is amazing. The cover is amazing. And it has probably my favorite panel. And I say this in all seriousness, one of the most amazing panels I've ever seen in a comic book later on. So, yeah, props to them. And the other thing I noticed on page one here, they actually have the uppercase O's that our boy Bob Kane uses when they use the O. So it's like the story and the O and the Anderson. So I'm wondering if it's a wink nudge at, hey, don't steal Bill Finger's shit, you motherfucker.
1: <laughs> Maybe. I would also like to point out two things. First of all, this story is to blame on none other than Colonel Computron creator Carrie Bates. <laughs> Although this is, as you say, not to jump on the punchline, a much more enjoyable experience. But talking of the cover, why did they draw terror man to look just like Clint Eastwood on the cover when he looks completely different in the
0: book yeah I was going to point that out is that I was going to actually use that as my rating so I'm going to have to come up with another rating I was going to rate by missing mustaches because he is drawn with no mustache on the cover yet during the entire book he has a mustache so
1: interesting choice there uh, so just to paint a mental picture for the mob squad at home, to picture Terror Man, uh, just picture a cowboy flying a Pegasus. And you are there. You are exactly there. That is what we're dealing with today. And he is glorious. I, I absolutely love Terror
0: Man. <laughs> I forgot how much I like this. This came. This was my comic book. I owned Action Comics with Terra Man fighting Superman and trying to egg him into a television show that he had on ridiculous as it sounds. So I had to look back at the introduction of Terra Man, and I was highly impressed with this introductory story. It's, it's pretty special. Pretty much. We get page one. There is just a stagecoach and cowboys riding down the middle of the street, and Superman's like, hey, what's going on here? And the cowboys are like, you must be Superman, right? He's like, yeah, I'm Superman. They're like, here, take this box. And then they disappear. <laughs> it's like, okay. So Superman uses his x-ray vision to see what's in the box. But it was a ruse, as I like to say, because his X-ray vision ignited dynamite that was specifically engineered to have his X-ray vision ignited was in the box. Superman throws the box up into space and you think, okay, that's gone. But then we get a fireworks display.
1: A lot set up in the first part of this book. I mean, that is like the first three pages. And let's really look at the beats you just hit. Not only are there just inexplicable cowboys in the middle of Metropolis... (laughs) They hand a booby trap to Superman, another ridiculous circumstance. Uh, they speak in the most hokey cowboy dialogue. <laughs> and when you say they disappear, they don't ride off. They disappear. They vanish. They just piece the fuck out. Oh, I did ahead. love, though, talking about the firework when he sets it off. First of all. There's a panel where Superman has thrown the box into the sky and just screams, detonation! Detonation! <laughs> <laughs> but the firework spells out, Earth isn't big enough for the two of us, Superman.
0: But we're not sure what happens here because Superman's feeling
1: ill suddenly. Is it because
0: of this explosion? Is it because of something else we're not really told? Superman flies off trying to figure out what the hell happened to him and we get an image of Edith and Archie Bunker Defending Superman and going, hey, he's going to come back. He's just planning. He's, he's not sick. He's all right.
1: He's doubled over. He's clutching his stomach. He's sweating profusely. He's not looking well. But what comes up next is we find out why
0: Superman was doing so poorly. And it had nothing to do with our boy, the Terra Man, even though it was heavily implied. Can you explain, because I know you love this part of the story, can you explain what happened to Superman here?
1: We are treated as an audience to an exclusive look at Superman's medical files, which just (laughs) plays out like a short origin story of why Superman's got a rumbly-tumbly. It turns out as a boy, he's doing amazing science with a beginner science kit, and and Park Kent are looking on really proud, when all of a sudden, he just bursts into tears. He says, suddenly don't feel good. I'm going out of my head and, sniff, why am I crying? And all of a sudden just starts trashing the place and blasting I-beams and destroying the entire room where he was just carefully doing some chemistry. And it goes on to to show that after looking into it and now we discussed this before we recorded uh mob squad if you have any further information on this being a recurring uh canonical part of superman's story please reach out and let us know but kryptonians it turns out instead of a yearly birthday They have a birthday once every six years. And instead of being a celebration, it just makes them really sad and ill.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that bothered me even most is the way they explain it. They say, instead, it was a spell of deep personal sorrow and lamentation as a Kryptonian native mourned the time of his birth. Why is he mourning his own birth? I don't really understand what that even means.
1: Well, I'm going to make this a tradition now that we have to have a band name in every episode, so uh, Mourn Your Birth. Would you like to start a band called Mourn Your Birth? So, yeah, Mourn Your Birth,
0: I could get into that. But what I can't get into is the panel below where Superman is looking at himself in three mirrors (laughs) and gives himself
1: super self-hypnosis. Gives himself the biggest dressing down I've ever seen. You will forget Krypton. You will forget your birth date. You will feel no sorrow. Forget, forget, forget. (laughs) He loves being verbose here. We go from detonation to forget, forget,
0: forget. (laughs) So yeah, this is some ridiculous writing, but it does, unlike the last comic we reviewed that just left you feeling cheap and dirty like a cuck. We do get Superman here actually putting smiles on my face with this odd discussion he's having with himself and finally he's crying in midair after he's been explained he just flies by a plane that for some fucking reason <laughs> is just going out of control uh, this doesn't tend to happen in america on the daily zach we just don't see planes falling out of the sky on fire but for some reason yeah Superman just flying by is like hey look a plane that's on fire and he just flies right
1: past it in old fairness it's he does say that although he is evidently crying as he flies. It does have effect on his uh, capabilities, this birth spell, as they call right. it. Uh, and it does say that he's flying blind and deaf. So he's basically just flying with no <laughs> idea where he is. Like, it, that's an accident waiting to happen. It's yeah, just a piss-poor decision, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but he gets he gets his senses back temporarily and saves the plane. Don't worry, Superman does see the day. he only gets some of his senses. He doesn't even see... Oh, he smells smoke, of course. He <laughs> smells the, the smoke from the plane rather than being able to actually see where he's going and manages to save them in the nick of time. So we get the next page with Superman
0: sulking on the top of a large building and then the most glorious panel I've ever seen in comic books. I absolutely love the introduction of the Terravan Van here.
1: It honestly looks like the best prog album you've never listened to. <laughs> Yeah, this is the way that I
0: envision Jesus Christ coming back and saving the world, because we—it is just
1: literally religious in its in its glory here. Yeah, there is an absolute biblical influence to the artwork for sure. It looks like an old woodcutting that you'd get of Jesus photos, <laughs> the old Jesus photos. You know, the old, the old the old Jesus photos from back in the Bible days. <laughs> Oh, the hand-drawn Jesus photos by Carmine
0: Infantino. But page nine, Superman 249. If you haven't, please go check this image out because it is glorious. We get the Terra-Man facing off against Superman, who's still having all kinds of problems. He's woozy. And Terra-Man's just like, pretty much, I'm going to kill you, buddy. And of course, Superman, not at his best. So Terra-Man catches him on the right day. And he shoots a bullet at Superman. You're thinking, okay, he's just going to shoot him. The bullet grows and hits Superman in the chest so hard it knocks him down. Admittedly,
1: Superman's not at his best here. But you say he- sorry, sorry to interrupt. You say Superman's not at his best. He is currently suffering from reverse X-ray vision, and he's currently staring into his own brain. Oh, I There's that. a panel I of Superman's that. brain, and that's what he's seeing. <laughs>
0: And it's purple, so I guess most Kryptonians have purple. It doesn't brains.
1: look well. It doesn't look like if it, a Kryptonian <laughs> brain is meant to resemble a human brain, we need to be worried about Superman.
0: Yeah, a couple episodes back, we had the diseased lungs. This is a diseased human brain or diseased Kryptonian brain here. Yeah, and soup's not at his best here. He takes the big bullet though, and this cracks me up. He crushes it into many fine micro specks of metal and blows it in Terra Man's face. Now, I can say as someone that's had small metal shavings in their fingers, it sucks, it takes a while to come out, sometimes it just has to come out naturally, and if you blew this in somebody's face, it's not going to end well for
1: them. I thought that as well. I thought it would just shred the eyeballs. You would think this,
0: but fortunately, Terra Man is is rubbing, so it's obviously in his eyes, but he's all good with it. He's like,
1: oh, I'm I'm fine. So that said, big giant bullet, on the... (laughs) The panel where Superman is taking it to the torso, like Homer Simpson would a bowling ball. Not only oh. do we get the great onomatopoeia of "woof," <laughs> but and just to lower the tone, it, I was it was everyone was going to see it eventually. The Bullet looks like a dildo. <laughs> a very aggressive, angry.
0: Yeah, you you'd have to have done this a few times. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> anyway, tone lowered. Carry on. <laughs> so superman's gonna go fly pretty much and knock him out but he's out of control superman flying all the way around the world he can't control himself fortunately unlike barry allen in the last issue superman can take turns he turns all the way around the earth lands exactly where he was and knocks the Terra man on his ass while well, landing on his ass i might add <laughs> yeah Terra man gets up starts smoking and superman's like look at this guy he's just smoking what's up now, I didn't even know Superman could choke. Maybe it's his current condition, but the smoke is choking Superman. It's a special smoke. It's ultra toxic.
1: Is it implied that Terror Man has just lit up a fat Snoop Dogg-esque blunt and is just blowing the smoke at Superman, who's already feeling incapacitated? Now he's going to be super, like, drowsy and hungry and really wants to watch SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, All I know
0: is that we get back to Terra-Man just shooting Superman with a gun and Superman sitting there going, I can take this because I'm Superman, of course. But because Superman is not feeling well again, he does a flip. Now he's upside down looking at the Terra-Man. And the Terra-Man's like, what the hell's the matter with you, dude? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Terra-Man's even like, I don't know what
1: what I'm up against here because you're being a fucking fool. (laughs) <laughs> he's like, I I really psyched myself up for this fight. And you are just a fucking weirdo, dude. Why are you just floating upside down in front of me?
0: Though I do love the last panel on the page where he's looking at Terra Man upside down. That's a great panel as well. Yeah. So I, I adore the artwork in this one. We're, we're near the end of this already. We will go into the origin story of Terra Man. But per the usual, as we mentioned, he was shot by Terra Man. Of course, didn't do anything. Terra Man pulls out a bullet. It's a magic bullet. It is made of the hardest element known to man. It is called, let me see if I get this right. Xenoite, the hardest substance in this here galaxy, and he's going to shoot Superman with the hardest metal known to man. I'm gonna get back to that. But Superman fortunately had caught a bullet between his teeth, shoots it back, jams the gun. And then do you know how he takes care of the Terra Man per the usual that seems to happen in a lot of comics? Throat punch. Just punches him in the face. Yeah, actually, he does punch him in the throat. That's a throat and punch then, if I've ever seen one. Yeah. And then Terra Man's get loaded into the ambulance. His poor little horse is off, sulking. But I want to get back to this hardest bullet. Okay, first off, I don't think that's even going to penetrate Superman's skin for several reasons. Primarily because you have to have a gun that propels the bullet fast enough to actually do damage. I don't think this in and of itself is going to penetrate Superman's skin because of the physics behind the weapon he's using.
1: If we're led to believe that the six-shooter that he carries, not to uh, jump on the origin story too much, but is his original gun, that's like from the 1800s. That's not a rely. yeah I don't think—that probably would have just, like, bounced off Superman's chest. Most likely. So yeah.
0: But again, poorly thought out by the Terra Man, but I'm glad he's here. <laughs> and had Superman not had his physical ailments and been all sulky and sad like Superman are once every six years, I don't think Terra Man would have even put up much of a fight. But I'm glad he did, because it gave me a very happy comic to read that made me smile quite a bit. And it also gave me some hella fine artwork. So Thank you for this.
1: <laughs> I just love the final panel of this story with the criminally underutilized horse with wings mopeily flying towards a waterfall, waiting for its master to get out of hospital, I assume for a crushed larynx, so they can continue on their adventures.
0: And probably jail as well. I don't think they're just going to let this guy go back and walk the streets. I mean, he did some, some wild shit. Yeah, he did... F- openly start firing a firearm in public he's at least getting community service for that in america but we do need to talk about his origin story quickly um you seem to like this origin story i thought it was not my favorite part of this a little bit of hot garbage
1: as far as i'm concerned but uh would you like to explain the origin story of the Terra band i will sum it up as quickly as i can but it's probably still gonna take a while so bear with me mom squad (laughs) Uh, as you say, you weren't a fan. I think this contextualizes what was a really silly story beautifully as like an epilogue to it. The, as After the story, the main story, you get a quick origin story of Terror Man. Now, he was a little boy in the Wild West getting taught by his father to do stick-ups. He successfully robs his first wagon, and his father's really proud of him. And they find lots of coins when, all of a sudden, would you believe it, Mike, but a spaceship appears and steals the coins. Because, as we come to find out, (laughs) it is an alien called the Currency Collector. (laughs) His whole MO is he flies around the universe stealing coins for his collection, not even to be rich. He just wants them so he can have a little money museum. Now, this is where things get complicated, and I told you this is a long fucking explanation. uh, They, being cowboys, get spooked, start firing on the alien. The alien accidentally kills the young boy's father, and as it happens to be the case with currency collector's species, he does a death link with the person he's just killed, empathetically... Connects himself to the cowboy, learns all of his life experience, learns who the young boy is, and decides that in his guilt he will foster this young cowboy and teaches him to become an intergalactic currency stealing space cowboy with a Pegasus. The end.
0: Well, I love how it's not quite the end. Because <laughs> if you notice a couple of things, oh, First there, off, there is you- a lot more, actually. <laughs> It does trouble me initially that this is how he's teaching his son to hold up wagons. It's like, you've got a small child out here. The guys have guns. Uh, why didn't they just shoot the little boy? And then the dad's like, ah, oh, you know, you got to learn. But it's like, there's a better way to teach him. <laughs> Secondly, the dad draws a circle with a bullet as he's dying. Oh, yes. And come to find out, Terra Man realizes what that means and waits many Many years until he's a full ass grown man to kill the space alien that killed his dad because he realized that the bullet and the circle around it meant that the alien was the one that killed him. It's, it's a lot of uh, jumping to conclusions
1: here, but I'm, he was right in his defense. Of course, I forgot to mention that the, when the alien decided to adopt the young boy, he mind wiped him, but maybe not as powerfully as he thought. That's true. So yeah, I, that, from what I thought was mainly a story about Superman's stomach bug, <laughs> it turned the villain into something that I genuinely would like to see explored as much as possible.
0: Okay, well, you know what? Let's go out of order here today. We usually rate the book, but let's bring Terra Man into the real world just to kind of shake things up since you sound excited about that as far as a story or how would you bring said Terra Man into the real world?
1: Just the idea of a anti-hero Clint Eastwood-esque cowboy on a flying pegasus who has an implant in his chest, which means he can just breathe in space and on any planet – and goes round just bounty hunting through the universe, I would take that as a comic book, a cartoon, a TV series, a movie, a concept album, a video game. I just want that. I want that universe delivered to me. That sounds like it has so much fun. Well, first off, if it's a concept
0: album, we already have the cover.
1: Yes. And secondly,
0: <laughs> secondly, sadly... Or not sadly, we share a brain here because I was thinking this very much had the Mandalorian vibes and I could see him being an anti-hero because his backstory is really kind of sad. He doesn't really come off except for having some odd affliction with Superman here that he wants to kill him and there's not enough room apparently in the galaxy for them both for no obvious reason. But I could see him kind of getting his shit together, being the anti-hero, as you mentioned, and... Yeah, very very justified if you've ever seen that television show or very much Mandalorian vibes. Yeah, we we pretty much shared the exact same opinion here, but I guarantee you we're going to rate them on different things because I was going to rate them on missing mustaches, but again, that's not going to be the case. What are you going to rate this book on and how many of said thing will you give this book?
1: So I think I'm going re- <sighs> to goof. Goof is going to be my choice. And I would give this genuinely, like, four goofs. As okay. you say, the artwork is genuinely stunning. It's very detailed and rich, even for, like, a monthly comic book of the time. As you say, the panel with Terra Man flying in on his Pegasus from the sunlight, it it's absolutely gorgeous. Not only that, but I got real Garth Ennis preacher vibes from the sub-story that you get. At the end, which contextualizes Terra Man as a character and sets him up, uh, just Superman getting pummeled in the chest with a giant metallic dildo was hilarious. <laughs> it's got it all. This book really does quite, quite possibly have Superman ricocheting his way around the moon. A lot happens in this book.
0: It does, and the thing that I'm glad that it gave us was some ridiculous Superman story. Uh, super self-hypnosis and oh, I'm sad, Superman, because there's always something going on in a Superman book that you didn't know about, just to add to the story. It's like, hey, we need to make this a little more interesting. You can have super self-hypnosis. You can have a stomach bug that bothers you every, let's say, every year. No, that's too much because I had to write that in. I had to remember every six years. They'll have forgotten by then.
1: (laughs) Our core demographic will have hit puberty by then and be interested in far different things.
0: (laughs) But what I'm going to rate this on are Edith and Archie Bunker cameos because I found it hilarious that for some reason they stuck Archie Bunker
1: in this comic book. And so I wanted to discuss that quickly, if that's okay, because I noticed out of all of the crowd scenes that you get this one panel, which is a close-up of an elderly couple. And I was like, they are drawn very specifically. I didn't – Archie Bunker is – Outside of my frame of reference, but I'm glad to know that they are based on something, not just like all of a sudden you just get these really hyper realistic uh, characters in a panel. Even
0: then, he calls her Edie, which could be short for Edith. And this is very much people in the United States will definitely know this is from from all in the family. I've never really watched All in the Family too much. It was probably a little ahead of my understanding of racial tension in the United States at the time. But from what I understand, and if I get this wrong, Mob Squad rake me over the coals because I was not a fan of All in the Family, is that Archie Bunker was – tended to be somewhat racist and not very forward-thinking. And they spent a lot of time trying to put him in the right mindset of, of – how Americans should act in that day,
1: which many didn't. So uh, just to interrupt, I've uh, typed into Google Archie Bunker, the letter R, and the first result is Archie Bunker racist.
0: There you go. So so that said, I am going to give it three and a half Edith and Archie Bunker cameos, maybe four. You know what? I'm going to give it a four. What puts me on that borderline is this cameo of Edith and Archie because (laughs) it's so dumb. But it's just dumb not for a good dumb like the rest of of some of this story. It's just a stupid dumb. Why would you stick Archie Bunker in this? Because it's not like he even comes around or has anything to do with it. But I ramble three and a half to four. Let's give it four Edith and Archie Bunker cameos. So I think we're done. I think we've got a rating and we've already brought him into our universe and we agreed on that for a change.
1: Very concise. This is what I mean. When we get excited to talk about a book, we can get through it. It's nice and snappy. It's the ones that your kernel Computrons, for example, that you have to labor on to just comprehend it makes any sense. No, I'm, I'm really happy you brought this book into my life, Mike. It's more
0: interesting than it has any right to be. I'll put it that way. I agree with my own self-assessment, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I didn't intend this to be as good of a comic as it was. I intended it to be hot garbage, and I walked away, I guess... Unsatisfied because it wasn't hot garbage or maybe I was satisfied because it wasn't hot
1: garbage. But yeah, I liked it. I thought you were going to say humbled, but I'm I'm glad that unsatisfied is what came out instead. (laughs) Ah, I'm an American. Nothing humbles me.
0: So with that said, we would like to thank you again for listening to us at the Multiverse of Badness. We are going to give you our social medias, which are at Twitter, at Multiverse of Bad, on the Instagrams, at Multiverse of Badness, and through email,
1: Zach, and they reach us on email That would be the word detonation Then an exclamation mark At multiverseofbadness.com Actually, you cannot use exclamation marks In emails, sadly But you can use a dash So you, you when you said that. And just to really break this joke Like, I don't know, 14 episodes <laughs> into the podcast That <laughs> when literally anything Would work As the first part of that email address You can't put exclamation marks I don't believe you can.
0: (gasps) I wouldn't promise you that. You can't put certain special characters. You can't put dashes and underscores. But you couldn't put, for example, you couldn't use an at symbol because you use an at symbol to delineate between the email address and the domain. So if you put another at symbol, it would just
1: confuse things. But you don't use an exclamation mark to do it, goddammit. <laughs> well, try to send us something. Honestly, Mob Squad, I think, I think you may have just started to witness the cracks forming in the dynamic of the multiverse <laughs> of badness. I um I feel like I've been cheated, I've been lied to. I've offered you up all these amazing email addresses that you know you can email us on if you would like to you you know you can't just don't put an exclamation mark and you know god damn it don't lie to me anymore mike wait until you find out everything else i've been lying to you about <laughs> so with that
0: said i think we are done possibly as a podcast zach seems honestly miffed i'm sorry for lying to you all this time zach but i promise at least not
1: purposely it won't happen again here in the multiverse of badness with no exclamation marks